0: Go ahead, Peter. Why do you think people do the things that they do? Money.
1: Money? Power. Yeah. Fame. Romance. Mm -hmm. Stupidity. Yeah. Adventure. Hmm. I think I got them all covered.
0: That's a pretty good list. I know. I checked them off like you thought about it before. Good. and I think we could sum up all those things fall under the penumbra. Oh boy, I may or may not be using that word properly. The umbrella, the jurisdiction of little thing called psychology. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I've been going down a bit of
1: a psychology rabbit hole lately.
0: Ah oh, man, psychology. You know what it is. Psychology means basically brain stuff.
1: Yeah, I. I'll be honest, I prefer the um, astrology to the psychology. To psychology? Yeah. Well, you
0: combine them both. And you're basically a demigod. Didn't
1: you? I'm interested. That's about it. That's about it. No, why?
0: psychology is like, like you
1: know, what what motivates people, why they do what they do. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you often know why you do the things you do?
0: No. No.
1: My point proven.
0: If you remember later, maybe you look back and you're like, Oh, that's what I was doing. But in the moment,
1: do you reason kind of in that psychology, but in the moment you maybe don't know why you do the things you do.
0: Yeah. Or you kind of weigh your options, but even then I don't even know if you you uh articulate to yourself the whys. You kind of just like instinctually like, uh, do I want this or that to happen? You know, am I scared of bad thing happening? You know, all at a subconscious level. And most people I think get into a little routine or get into like a road, like a, yeah, like a routine or a rut. And you yeah. kind of everything becomes road and you kinda of,
1: you know, you live the same life you day every day. You change the way you drive to work.
0: Yeah. You do th- do new things for the sake of doing new things.
1: You see Grand like- Day? Or is that another one of the many uh, new I think I've seen I, I get it. I got, I got I've seen parts of it. I think I saw the first two days and I was like I get it. I have a question for you. It really frustrates me. I know. Really frustrates me. Why do you bring me. up movies with me? Um do you like a good psychological novel?
0: Well, the reason I bring it up. Yes. My my uh, selections this month are all psychological. But in a good way. Not in like a boring way. In like a They're novels, but good. Good i accidentally stumbled on a theme because this month we decided beforehand not on titles and stuff but we, we were like okay let's do like like last year we did dubliners yep you usually choose we, we you know we come to the table with three a piece and out of the six we usually choose like a fun one to read which is all well and good but you know dubliners was worth it when you you made me read it. I make it. it is good. Every now and then do like a serious, let's step up and do like a serious one. And it's like, you know what, for September let's, let's, let's do a serious classic book that we haven't read that we want to knock off our list. So that's kind of the deal. And I just kind of wound up, I have four choices. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they all kind of lose. I think, you know those stupid uh, uh, semester class episodes we do? Yeah. I think I accidentally created like half of one. Okay. So, yeah, this would work for like a syllabus for one of those things we did. But anyway, that's why I bring up psychology in the brain.
1: Welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and psychology. And like Matt said, tonight we are talking about our book nominations for September. And we're mo- and we're filling in reading gaps. We are we're being serious.
0: It's all about the brain, baby.
1: We're all about you know. Last we haven't done the episode yet, but we last month royal flash entertaining read historical fun engaging, um, but not a lot of like psychology in that book.
0: It's not going to make us erudite. And, and adept at navigating the world and critiquing society through a, you know, series of picturesque adventures. There you go, or what have you. This month's going to do that. This month's going to make us better people. It's going to make you the le-
1: the listener slightly slightly better, slightly better. So we go from we go from fun to serious. I have three nominations. It could be four, but I'm. It's really three.
0: Well, okay. We'll get to
1: that later. Uh, but are you? Uh, I always have to preface this. You always win these, except for the uh, except except for like a couple times. There, it's not but you to- usually win. Matt usually wins. We usually pick his choice because off air he throws a fit, and I get uh, I get these text messages. Idea. He's yeah. like I need to read this. I go okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I thread so, I am, I'm genre. going into this knowing I'm not gonna pick one of my own books. Talent of Mr. Ripley was yours. Was it Catcher in the Rye was yours? No Catcher in the Rye was an add-on. All right. Okay. So okay. all right. So you go first. Give me your first one.
0: Okay. Yeah, I got four do in chronological order from when they were written. Oh. I like first this. one. I like first this one is old. It's old. been on my radar forever. It's got a cool cover. It is kind of a mock heroic. Uh, it's called neoclassical. Neoclassical. But in the tradition of Cervantes and Jonathan Swift. Ooh. It is, um, back in the day when they gave book titles like long. Here's the official title. Yeah. The History of the Adventures of Joseph Andrews and his friend, Mr. Abraham Adams, written in imitation of
1: the manner of Cervantes by Henry Fielding. You know what? I was at the used bookstore and I saw this on the shelf and yeah. I thought about picking it up. Uh, I know this is one of those books where when I'm looking at it, I don't know which one is the title and which one is the author. Yep.
0: Henry Fielding did the, he wrote Tom Jones?
1: He did. Okay,
0: also, it's Tom Jones by Henry Fielding, but that's another one when it's just the, when
1: you're just looking at it and you're not quite sure you which know, like, one's which. Yeah, yeah. and then you, okay, that's,
0: but it's cool. It's like it was written in 1742. Ooh, the body picaresque like uh, I guess back in back then. It, it, what he means by written in the imitation of Cervantes and. Like Alexander Pope and all those people is like, you know, they're, they're serious epic, or they call it a prose, a poetic poem, poetic epic in prose. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess what they mean by that is um, all the serious poetic epics. You know, you have like a hero who makes his way through the world, you know, in a what heroic and dashing way. And so, what this book apparently is, is the hero. It's a comic. It, it's like, you drop your comic, sort of ridiculous character, into a journey that a hero would take. So it's like that, but in prose. It is kind of, I gather, the conceit of it.
1: Yeah, it's very I, classical. This is you're starting off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've heard of this book. Obviously, I'm just kind of kidding when I didn't know which one was the author, or which one's the title. But I get it. The, the point still stands. Solid choice, cause um, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, you know, kind of. Seventeen forty-two. That's pretty and it's old.
0: not that long. I thought about doing because I want to read Tom Jones too. Tom Jones is long. You know, it's a small little paperback, about three hundred pages, but it's you know, it'd be fun. I guess there was a there was a book published around that time by Samuel Richardson's. Richard's one mm. called Pamela. I've and heard I of that. it. Was, it was kind of a moralizing, like, um, a lowly maid, like, makes her way through a world and maintains her virtue. And I guess, you know, Henry Feeling didn't like the tone of that. He thought it kind of, like, commoditized a woman's, like, woman's, woman's only good for her virtue, which winds up being a commodity that she can sell in the market. Anyway, he wanted to make fun of Pamela. And mm. so a year before this he wrote a little story called shamala right making fun of. it's like something we would do that's our
1: kind of humor. yeah you know yeah, i like the fact that i was kind,
0: of kind of like you know mark twain hated fenimore cooper like certain authors just like don't like each other and they'll kind of but it's cool so i guess i guess joseph andrews the character is uh pamela's brother like It's kind of like what he did with uh, what McDonald Fraser did with Flashman. Okay. And yeah. a pull from a different book and your
1: whole thing is round, wound around uh, kind of reading about it, yeah, and it, it has that kind of background to it. That's interesting.
0: does that sound cool? And it's not too, I'm flipping through,
1: it's not it's a, a little f- old-timey f- prose, but it's penetrable. It's not Okay. we can handle I it. I mean, you kind of have to go into a novel written 300 years ago knowing that the their style is going to be different than what you're used to. And it's yeah. some sometimes it's um accessible and sometimes it can be a little challenging. But
0: no, and, but I think and part of the fun would
1: adapt, be, yeah.
0: Cuz it's a picaresque adventure of a guy going through this society. So you're going to learn a lot about how society was at that time cuz he's kind of poking fun at the morals and mores of the age and
1: everything. And so it's it's a, it's a good I like to do this sometimes when I'm, when I'm thinking about books is like putting the books book in context of like what was happening at that time. So like 1742, just kind of research, like, I don't know. I think that's interesting when you think about older books, like what was actually going on during those times? I don't know. And I feel like I probably do that for this book too. So kind of a tie in history with it. So Joseph Andrews by Henry Fielding, that's, first nomination strong i'm considering it it's not sometimes you say a book i'm like okay <laughs> yeah all right yeah. um my first book is old um written by a scottish author okay uh he has a sir in front of his walter scott yes sir walter scott how'd you name I don't know, name another Scottish author. You uh, did you go to college? I think you did. Braveheart. Um no. Trying to be serious here. Those are the two Scottish people I know. Braveheart and Sir Walter Scott. That's Sean Connery. Rankin. Rankin? I don't know who that is. He does uh the crime novels. Nah. Sean Connery. Okay, boy. Uh and this is a romance, Ivanhoe hey my hey. first nomination by sir walter scott i believe it was written in 1819 uh sir walter Sc- scott started off as a poet um and then soon i think a little bit into his career soon uh took to novels and wrote a bunch of what are considered like the scottish novels yeah this like was, a lot of- yeah, waverly and stuff like that yeah. this is medieval england uh kind of introduces or kind of popularizes certain aspects of um what is it uh robin hood so so some of the characteristics that we now know of like that we take like you know associate with robin hood kind of come from this book did he walter scott originated some of those things i think so yeah Uh, um just doing some research i think some of it comes from him being put into this story he doesn't like create them obviously but some of the stuff that he like, yeah um i think he's I going to say loxley you know okay uh, yeah that yeah. kind of stuff
0: because robin is, yeah 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 like with a lot of legends a certain things you take for granted like how a lot of christmas traditions come from christmas carol mm-hmm. and dickens kind of made it up for a story but it becomes part of the legend I remember because we had to watch. I hadn't read the book, but we watched the movie in school. Okay, and and I remember Robin had showed up, and I kind of perked up. I was like, "Oh, cool!" Yeah, I
1: wouldn't say it's been on my radar for a while. Yeah, you you sort of hear it, um, and you're, you're you know, it's a he. He sort of I don't know if he created the historical novel, but he sort of he made it very popular.
0: Wrote, yeah historical adventure
1: historical adventure yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I, you can kind of trace it back to him but it's like i don't know if you can say like here's where the historical novel starts yeah. um but yeah so sir walter scott my edition has an introduction by diana Gabaldon. so there you go oh i get you. It. okay before we started recording i mentioned that that one of my uh, selections had Diana Gabaldon, and he was like, "What are you talking Are we going to read Outlander? We're going to read Outlander." But um, yeah, I thought it would be a a, a good book mm-hmm. to have under our belts. Yeah, um, I think it's entertaining from what I gather. I like I kind of like romantic like stories and epics. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I like a good historical adventure. Yeah, swords and knights and stuff. That's yeah.
1: So, good i think we started off strong i think You're this I, I, this going be tough because i have a feeling i my nominations, cool. nominations are also strong so um all right matt your second nomination
0: okay this is a french one Ooh, i like it translation i've wanted to read this forever i have my eye on it forever i don't know why i haven't um and i've mentioned before uh My friend, Gore Vidal, said that Stendhal is the young man's author, right? And so I figure we have another three or four years before we're officially (laughs) no longer young. So this one, it's called The Red and the Black. Okay. It is a novel of, it takes place in the 1830s. And uh, it's, it's a historical psychological novel published in 1830. And so the protagonist names Julian Sorel, and he's very ambitious, but he also has kind of romantic notions about the world, about how the world works. And so he's born kind of poor and he <clears throat> tries, he sets out to kind of work his way up, you know, up the ladder of French society at that time. And I, I gather it's kind of he's both the hero and the villain, you know, cause he's ambitious. He's willing to do what it takes to get ahead. And he's one in one hand kind of a realist, but he's also the romantic notions he has of the world kind of is like his fatal flaw. And I gather that he doesn't quite succeed in his ambitions, but you know, the, the books about the journey. And, and I think what Vidal was talking about being a young man's author is that sort of novel of ambition is probably only appealing when you're relatively young. You know, when you can yeah. kind of identify with the protagonist.
1: But it, I see it's described as a drum on. I always like those.
0: You know what? I was going to bring that word up. I like how the Germans do things like schadenfreude, hmm. like a whole concept narrowed down into oh, just what? a certain word. Because yeah. a drum roman is just what a coming of age tale. Yeah. You know, oh. where, you know. So I don't know. This has been on my radar forever. I really do want to read it. Before I turn forty, and I like it. it's kind of like Joseph Andrews. It's like a di- in a different vein. I gather it's less comic, yeah. But, but you know the the journey of going with this character through as he tries to work his way up in you know the societal and political ladder of you know post Napoleonic France. You also you know you'll see a lot of. How society was at that time is kind of critiquing its moral failings and hypocrisies
1: yeah yeah I, I i guess i'm also interested in this choice just because it has historical elements to it and just sort of learning about that time in in france would be fun mm-hmm. um it looks like it's being described as the bourbon restoration which is 1814 to 1830 yeah um and sort of yeah um, We're kind a, of familiar uh, with that era through Count of Monte Cristo a little bit. A knowledge of that time period, which I think would be interesting to learn about before reading it or while you're reading mm-hmm. it. I think you throw
0: it, you throw yourself into it. You learn about it from reading it. Okay, you know, I like it.
1: That's good to do with historical novels. You just kind of like, uh, yeah. In. It looks yeah. like it's been described as a novel ahead of its time. Um, yeah, this is very intriguing. Yeah.
0: Good.
1: I think it'd be a good it'd be a good one to do.
0: Knock up our list before we get too old.
1: I don't think we could read this whenever we want, but mm, before we hit 40. If Gory what do you think Gore Vidal's like nickname was? I just called him Gore. Gory. He's born, his real name's Eugene. So Gore is a nickname. Oh, okay. Eugene Vidal. I like that better than Gore Vidal. Mm.
0: I wanted to name our dog Gore, but my wife absolutely refused. He's like, that's the most, that's the terrible, like, the worst name in the world. People are going to think you're weirdly into Al Gore. Gore! You're like, you like violence. You named your dog after the concept of like violent, bloody violence. I was like, eh. Well, he's, yeah, Gore. Gore is a good name
1: for a dog, though. Kind of dirty. Would
0: people would be like, he's dirty. Yeah. You really like Al Gore, huh?
1: Like, no, never. Invented the internet. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, how did that start? How did Al Gore just get that attached to him? Did he you have know, anything to do with the internet?
0: Yeah. So hey, so this is neutral, non-political. I don't. Quick like, aside. Quick aside. I don't I like him. any politicians, right? But he, all he said was the the bill. He was because he was in the Congress. Yeah. At the time, the bill that funded what became the internet, right? DARPA, there's an acronym for some, whatever. So he, all he did on the campaign trail, trying to brag, he's like, I was a significant part of the bill that went to funding the internet. You know, was that, is that, well, that's all he was or? saying. He was, he, he voted, he voted for the bill that funded what became the internet. Which a lot, so a lot, so a lot of people could claim the. Internet. It was a boastful campaigning for president exaggeration and. Bush and his robe and very shrewdly I mean, it worked. They latched onto that and made fun of him for inventing the internet. So, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever. That's where it comes from. You see, you can see what he's saying, but like eh, the other side really pounced on it Mm. and it wasn't fair technically, but you know, campaigning for president isn't supposed to be fair, you know.
1: Well, I don't That's know.
0: My politi- hey, it's the political corner for this evening. That's
1: the political corner where we we discuss Al Gore in the internet. Al Gore. Anyway, so he's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. You know, it came out
0: uh, the whole time like he and his Tipper, his wife, are like divorced now, and it came out like later whoa breaking like, news are you telling me al gore al gore like in the last five or so years it came out like he was cheating on his wife all the time too uh-huh. like everybody knew bill clinton was and kind of the the story about al gore was like oh he loves his wife tipper and there was that weird kiss they had at the convention oh, yeah. the 2000 convention he went up to her and just like kissed her and i think the optics of that were designed to to show like hey i love my wife, unlike bill clinton who had that whole scandal you'll remember anyway it turned out later he like uh yeah he cheated on his wife the whole time too and they're divorced now that he's out of politics they're divorced and he was a hound dog he was a hound dog as well hound, uh, watch out for those southern politicians
1: uh yeah this was not recent this was in June 2010 oh. They, they, oh. They, they they bought a home and then they emailed their friends. It said after long and careful consideration, they made the mutual decision to separate. Email your friends. That's weird. That part's weird. That weird. They, they emailed each other. What if, email- you a,
0: what if you got an email like that? I would think it was. Do you a- respond? No. Emoji? Like, oh, sorry, buddy. Uh, thumbs up. Do, up you a-
1: re- do you reply all or do you reply directly to Al? Yeah, so, well then that's the DC Tipper, or is it do they have a joint email account? Probably who you're, who you're
0: close to. Or if you're like Al's buddy and never like Tipper, you're like bout time, bro. Bout time.
1: Or and then you accidentally send it to Tipper and then it's like weird at cocktail parties. Exactly. Also, are the Clintons on this email chain? I don't think
0: they like each other in person.
1: Really? I I mean this is my hunch. I don't No, I'm I'm getting the politics out of you. That's a weird thing to do, though. Email, email, email all your friends about. What's your... the subject heading on that email? <laughs> <laughs> got some news, guys. Al Gore news, not the internet.
0: Bittersweet wow. news. Yeah, weird though. Uh, you know, and yeah, he was. Um, the reason they got divorced is because he was. Uh,
1: what's the word I'm looking for? Hey, hey, you know what he said? It was mutual. Me. It was mutual. Come on now. Sure.
0: Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, it's
1: interesting. Okay. Interesting. Hey, that? That my last fact, 2013, Al Gore became a vegan. There you go. Hey, good for him. You're a vegan now. I know. Well, sort of. No, I'm not. I don't know why he keeps saying that. I'm not.
0: Yeah, uh, just shorthand for healthy.
1: I had oatmeal and blackberries and almonds tonight.
0: That's good. You're back on it because we hung out and watched a football game a couple days ago, and we had sausage pizza. So yeah,
1: that was guess guess who ate the leftovers the next day? This guy.
0: (laughs) It's okay. You can you you got to allow yourself detours if you try to be two hundred percent.
1: You'll just give up. Then I sent you an email and said I ate the rest of that pizza. After careful consideration, I ate the rest of that pizza.
0: (laughs) Come to a mutual decision to eat through the pizza, pizza, and
1: I ate the pizza. Do you think the email just said divorce, and you're like, "What"? Well, that gives away the whole.
0: That gives oh, away the
1: heading. Big news. Yeah, or like maybe awesome. they're happy. They're like, they
0: just bought that more.
1: house. Yeah, Look. or they're,
0: maybe they're both excited to be rid of each other. They were together for political convenience. Their careers are, you know, careers are over. So there's like exciting news and a bunch of exclamation points. You know, Al is going to go live with his masseuse, and Tipper gets to. Whatever she's
1: into. If his Wikipedia page is up to date, he started dating someone in 2000. Is he
0: look, do an image, does he look all thin? Because you know how sometimes vegan people start to look like skeletal.
1: Because it does help you lose weight, but it looks kind of like. Mm, he kind of looks the same, I'll be honest. He doesn't look like he's thin. Do you think he's really vegan? Are you saying that you think I'm lying? he's lying about it? Could be. Well, or, you know, you know how you aspire to
0: like, oh, I'm a vegan now. But then like two weeks later, you're like, yeah. I'm just going to have cheeseburger
1: because I'm hungry. He looks like he's older. Um, that's yeah. about it. Oh, he, I have an image of him and his new girlfriend at the Cannes Film Festival. What she look like? Doesn't look like Tipper, I'll tell you that much. Hmm. This is from 2017, so I don't know if this is recent. Uh, Good
0: Good for him. Is she is his
1: age? Does she look younger? She looks younger. But not like I, I can't tell. I can't tell. Okay. All right. She's probably younger. Hey, that is your Al Gore corner. That's Al Gore corner. Remember Al Gore. Remember him? He created the yeah. internet. Okay. Invented the internet. Cheated on his wife. Yeah, it's gonna be weird to, for people to listen to this episode. People are gonna know. learn a lot from this don't episode. Know who Al Gore is? Because we get the, right, we get some stats about where our listeners are. Some of them. <laughs> Are not gonna
0: know who al gore is. oh yeah yeah people in like saudi arabian stuff <laughs> i mean like young people who also probably wouldn't know who al gore is but i don't know if
1: we have a very young audience true i think it's me. actually
0: no offense to the people who listen and consider themselves
1: young hey if you're like yeah look get on al gore whatever
0: life. i didn't mean anything by it all right let me get
1: us back on track here oh yeah what's your second book Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Let's go back. 2001, 2002. I am interested in becoming a reader. I download the Modern Library, Top 100 Books of the 20th Century. This author is on there a couple times. And for whatever reason, I always, in my mind, thought, uh, she was a difficult author, so I just never picked her up. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's a gap. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. The book I am nominating is To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf. Ooh, nice. Um, kind of a, it's not a stream of consciousness from what I gather. It's not so abrupt, but it does challenge you to decipher what is going on um it's not really a plot driven book it's a more of a it's kind of i guess you kind of consider psychology sort of
0: yeah.
1: looking at the why people are the way they are i guess but virginia wolf i you know it's i could have chose this i could have chose mrs dalloway mm-hmm. uh there's a couple other th- books with um orlando I believe. orlando um i have I should just look at the book right here but I would say this or Mrs. Dalloway are kind of like...
0: Yeah. Is this her experimental one? I think so. That's considered a little more difficult, a little more... Well... I don't want to say joyce I,
1: I Here's what seen. I was kind of interested in. You Like we have these... You and I, I think, share... We've heard the same things. Like, oh, it's X, Y, and Z. It's difficult. You're, it's going to be hard to understand. But sometimes once you like get into the book if you can like yeah. find the rhythm find you know how how the structure works you sort of kind of realize that those criticisms are from people who are like you know maybe are just didn't like it or, or whatever and it's or well, haven't read it and are saying that to uh, yeah or just repeating something that that they've heard maybe we tackle it and we find it it's challenging but it's rewarding i think that's all you're really looking for if it's just challenging for challenge like if it's just difficult to understand for and there's no real pleasure or reward or there's yeah. i can or point see behind that, it yeah. yeah um i can see sort of the criticism there or just sort of why people are kind of shy away from it
0: yeah people write books like that but i don't think she's like that yeah from what i gather i haven't
1: but it's a big it's Probably it's one of the bigger authors where I just haven't read any of their work, yeah. And I think I mentioned on a book haul, like, I think I was with you when I picked this up six months ago, maybe I don't know when that was. Um, and I have this like nice little vintage classics edition. And when you said we had to pick a book or nominate a book from like a classic, I guess. Mm-hmm. This was the first book that came to mind, and that's my nomination. Good choice. Any any thoughts? Any like Virginia Woolf? Overall thoughts? No,
0: I'm curious about her. She's one of the ones I need to read too. Um, Yeah, I haven't. I honestly probably wouldn't have started with this one. I would have gone Mrs. Dalloway just on my own, you know. Yeah. Because I yeah, I know this was kind of they don't call it postmodern, but you know that sort of. The style,
1: the precursor to postmodernism. But that'd be good. That'd be. It was, is Modern Library ranked as the uh, 15th best novel of the 20th century? Oh, really? Is that her highest ranked one? I don't. I think so. Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I believe so. Me wrong, but I think so. Good uh, it was published in 1927. Okay, but yeah,
0: nice.
1: Has some illusions and there, is like some change in narration and perspective that makes it kind of, I would think, kind of difficult on first go around to see sort of whose perspective you're in, that kind of thing. Okay. Um. But I just read a book that kind of did the same thing, like a like a just a recent book, "The Promise" by Damon Galgut, and it took me a little while to figure out the how the book was organized in that sort of way. And like the first time it happens, it's kind of like you're kind of like at a loss for where you are. But once you kind of get the hang of it, I feel like that kind of stuff becomes easier to adjust to. Would mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, maybe it's not
0: that really challenging. Maybe it's easy. Maybe we'll get it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's challenging in the twenties, but you know, not for you know smart lads I like that. I think that's
1: the opposite, probably. If it was challenging in the twenties, it's near impossible. I wasn't even alive in the twenties. so
0: no, you were
1: I know. Yeah. It's the twenties now too. Oh, that's so true. How, how are we that gonna so true? How are we gonna deal with that now? You know what like, to say oh, that you have to specify.
0: It'd be like the twenties. You mean the this twenties and the nineteen twenties? Because I've
1: always hated the aughts or whatever. Mm. And now we can't say the teens because that's not, you know twenty the twenty. 20- no, we can't say the tens.
0: I think I think now you just have to specify it. It is. It happened before in the nineteen twenties. If you want to refer to something in the eighteen twenties, you'd have to be like,
1: oh yeah. Eight- uh, now I guess we're in the twenty twenties.
0: Yeah, that's
1: no. true. The twenty twenties. That's the year.
0: So if you want to talk about something, you can't say oh the twenty, be like, oh, the nineteen twenties. You have to you have I've to never know. heard someone say the twenty tens. I I hear people say odds. Yeah. And we're close enough you can say years. Or if you, you could say like, oh the teens if something happened, you know, in yeah. the teens. I don't know. I like twenty twenties. I think these things kind of fall into place. There's yeah. not gonna be some like thing from on high where people are like okay this is how we refer to them people will refer to it in whatever way is convenient you know what i mean they'll say the 20s and people in conversation will be like wait which 20 or whatever but it'll start happening on its own accord and
1: grow organically and that's what the thing will be you know what i mean it's just whatever's useful whatever the- telling me my anxiety over this is it'll it'll it's misdirected yeah there's other stuff
0: to have anxiety about i can give you a list later okay Sweet but you don't need to worry about what to call the 20s okay i'm,
1: I'm the teens i'm most concerned about i think I. Find it'll, the 20s I got. it'll find a way okay thank you uh matt your third nomination
0: all right this is a good one it's also been on my list for a bit Um uh, it's by an author i hated in high school but i think that was unfounded because i didn't even read the book i just didn't like the subject matter this is a different book it's in translation again love it another book in translation it is sort of a proto beavis and butthead or bill and ted's Ex- excellent adventure but mm-hmm. in france in the 1830s and 1840s okay it is bouvard and Pouchet
1: by gustave flaubert gustave can you uh man i don't even think i've heard i'm that. not
0: spelling that and i'm not saying it again I don't know how to spell or say
1: French. You oh, have the book in front of you? Yeah. Okay, Flaubert.
0: Flaubert. Bouvard and Bouvard Poucher.
1: Pecouchet.
0: I don't know the same. But <laughs> it's another
1: sort of picaresque satire. You love saying the word picaresque.
0: Yeah, I just learned what it is, and so I'll just run that into the ground.
1: Sort of. Bouvard et Pouchet.
0: It is kind of, uh, he's, these guys are kind of like middle class bourgeois uh, people who are kind of of one mind, kind of like, you know, they meet and they form a symbiotic friendship right away. Is this a story about us? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, that one of the fun thing I read is like, who's Bouvard and who's Pucuchet? But no, they move to the country and start a farm and they, you know, they uh, have, a, they're like, you know, excited about science and ideas and blah, blah, blah. So they go on all the, they, they get certain obsession. And so they, you know, they get into like agriculture and gardening and food preservation, and then they move on to something else, like something else catches their fancy and they move on to like chemistry and anatomy and medicine. And they don't really follow, I guess, you know, I guess they don't really follow through with all these obsessions and just kind of get obsessed with something, then read a bunch and think they're experts, but, you know, I then I relate. move on to something else. So it's like archaeology, literature, politics, there's like 10 chapters, and it's all different stuff that these guys try to do. Um, I think Flaubert is actually kind of poking fun at the notion, like, it was popular back then in, you know, the eighteen. 18- 40s okay. and 50s and whatnot of people trying to catalog all scientific and human knowledges into an, an encyclopedia and so i guess bouvard and Pouchet are kind of the uh, his way of poking fun at, at that you know it's like you can't really encompass all human knowledge into you know an encyclopedia or a form among among other things it it actually seems kind of fun and funny it does
1: actually just does- it does seem like a fun read. I've yeah. never heard of this book before. I've heard of Madame Bovary. I bought Madame Bovary. So I thought yeah. that's what you were going to say, but you didn't like no, that book,
0: right? I, hate, I hated it in high school. So did my brother, actually. He had to read it.
1: What does so, that say about you guys?
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe we're uncultured. It, Madame Bovary is not a, a book for 15-year-old boys. On the most part. You know what I mean? It's I don't know, it's a bored housewife who like has an affair. It's just not, it's like, oh man, I might actually like it now. Right? Like, I I think
1: I would appreciate it. Who would like it? Al Gore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's read that. It's a big Al Gore episode. I like it. Yeah. I would say he has not read Madame Beaufree. You don't think so? You don't think, what do you think he reads? Probably a lot of nonfiction. Tom Clancy,
0: maybe. I don't know. No, Tom Clancy is more conservative. I bet he reads John Grisham.
1: I was thinking about Tom Clancy today. I don't know why. Yeah, we should read Tom Clancy book. I haven't read any Jack Ryan books, and that's why I was.
0: I read uh, I one of the first adult books I ever read was *Clear and Present Danger*, so he's got a special place in my heart. Like that was a grown-up book that I was allowed to read. It's pretty cool. So, I, I liked them. and The Firm by John Grisham. Those are my two like grown up books that I read when I was like in grade school. So, those are like my two. When I think of like grown up authors, I still think of like Clancy and Grisham.
1: I bought the uh, Stephen Ambrose or my parents did D Day book when I was like, yeah. Old. yeah. It took me like a month to read 70 pages. I didn't really understand. It <laughs> I didn't finish it either. So, yeah. that was my first foray into uh, Serious books. All right, my third and final nomination. That was just, I like that. I I don't know if we're gonna pick it, but I'm definitely gonna look in. We might pick it. Okay,
0: I think it'd be fun. Oh, and it was his uh, last one. It's like tech. It's unfinished. He died oh, before he finished it, but there's enough that they could publish it.
1: Okay, yeah, unfinished oh. novel. Okay, okay. Um. My last one, a very famous author. Uh, You hear the name all the time, great name. I I feel like all my nominations have, they have like strong names, Virginia Mm -hmm. Woolf, Sir Walter Scott, strong names. You know, like this one is also, um, I I could have chosen between a couple of these. Mm -hmm. I think the one I want to do has a famous movie also directed by martin scorsese and the one i want to do is the age of innocence by edith wharton (laughs) good choice yes um it it won her she was the first woman to win the i want to say the what was it i had it written down here it's not the pulitzer what was it nobel prize hold on one second Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1921. They were going to give it to Sinclair Lewis for Main Street, but then mm-hmm. they changed their minds because the, the novel is too political for them, apparently. Yeah. So she wins it instead in 1921. But I just feel, Edith Wharton, I need to read something of hers. Mm-hmm. I, feel uh, I have one. a modern library where I have four of the novels, so I, cu- I could have gone The House of Mirth. I could have mm-hmm. gone Edith From. The Custom of the Country, I don't really know anything about. I mean, mm-hmm. That title doesn't ring a bell, but that's also in here. And then The Age of Innocence is the last one. Um, Good choice. So, yeah, like a, a society novel about New York. Um, I, I didn't tell
0: you. It never came up. But okay. when we were doing our Scorsese episode, I watched Age of Innocence. It's part of that. You, you know. did? Yeah. It's, it's kind good. of, it's a, it's, good. I wouldn't have liked it at any other phase of my life, like younger, because you know uh-huh. because Scorsese. It, it kind of made me laugh because I think it was like his next movie after Goodfellas or in that era. And you, I, you know, people going in like, oh, the new Scorsese movie is going to be awesome, a lot of gangsters and guns, and it's it's a it's a period piece, you know, of Daniel Day Lewis plays a rich guy. In a tux, and it's a lot of them talking in in parlors and stuff. It's good. It's a really good movie, and There's it. There writers in it, right? And writer Michelle Pfeiffer. It's good. It is actually a good, subtle movie, and kind of the way he talked about that also. Edith Wharton's been on my list for a while too, but the way he talked about it made me want to read Edith Wharton. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good movie. Good okay. choice. All right. You want to hear my fourth?
1: Yeah, what's your fourth? Uh, House of Mirth <laughs> by Edith
0: Wharton. And I didn't pick Age of Innocence just because I'd seen the movie. But I That's found, it. yeah, I also wanted to read Edith Wharton. Uh, yeah, so I got... So hey, one of the reasons, it, she she popped up on my radar again when I was doing research for the Don Powell episode we did. Yeah. And this is from that same Gore Vidal essay where he that brought Don Powell back into print and stuff so this is me quoting Powell seems to have gotten the point to Edith Wharton long before others did Uh, in 1951 and then this is quoting this is from Don Powell's diary here read Edith Wharton's The Reef and Struggling with Wings of the Dove by Henry James simultaneously curiously alike but she is so superior in this odd her reputation for moralizing novels when it was her age which read its own moralizing into her not one word could be called moralizing no villains no heroes in the noble sense villainy is done by a group of characters behaving in the only way they in all honesty feel they can decently behave and she goes on but um, yeah the, I like
1: that 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 no heroes no villains I like that yeah, like well them.
0: and they act bad but they don't know how they don't know they're being villains and it's just a kind of subtlety i I appreciate I, appreci- I I appreciate the fact that Don Powell noticed that about Edith Wharton. It's like, I think, you know, Edith Wharton, I think, is funnier and more subtle than people give her credit for. Not that she doesn't get credit, you know, like I don't yeah. know how what red she is now, but uh, yeah, I gather she's kind of satirizing
1: her oh, age. Okay. I think we have some tough, um, tough choices here. Yeah.
0: But do you see all mine are kind of characters go through yeah. their lives and societies and the book is about either comically or tragically or seriously kind of about the way society molds and shapes their behaviors. And the reader gets a hint into human psychology and the way society works at that time.
1: Pretty smart. So, Pretty smart. Yeah,
0: good stuff. So what I would do in my, my class, we would just read these four. Right. Okay. You go from 1740s England, a couple in France, and then to rich aristocrats in New York in 1905. And then we take three or four modern novels who are roughly the same demographics and popularity, you know, all that stuff. And we read those and then we compare. It's like, is literature, does anybody do this in literature? Is, is auto fiction, oh, wow. it, does auto fiction, ironically intentionally unintentionally bring to light the narcissism of our age or has the novel kind of lost its way or, or what i think that would be an interesting course to teach you know compare and contrast these books with you know with i'm not ideas. i'm
1: not signing up for that course but it sounds great well i don't know i think it'd be, i think it'd be good that was a joke i, get it. I get it. I'd polish it up too Used to
0: marketing it. I call it something cool.
1: Would just call it anyway. It's a, okay. Let's go here. Let's uh big picture here. Okay. Joseph Andrews, what are we thinking?
0: I like it. I with, with all ah. four of mine. I'm I'd be fine with any of them.
1: I am okay with all of yours, actually. Usually I have one where I'm like, I don't really want to read that. Or yeah. Eh. Yeah. just. I would be okay with reading any of yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would be okay with reading any of mine. Mm-hmm.
0: So make I like some
1: tough, of yours, you make some tough choices here.
0: I like Ivanhoe. I don't want say I do Age of Innocence. I wonder if we should do Eve Wharton.
1: Yeah, I kinda I think one of hers. I think since we both nominated an Eve yeah. Wharton book, maybe we do one of hers. But I kinda also want to do Red and the Black. Well that's not that doesn't make it any easier when you say that. You go, yeah. All right, let's do Wharton, but let's also do Stendhal. Mm. All right.
0: What if we're gonna let's do we're gonna do Wharton? How do we pick which one?
1: Um
0: let's how see. many pages is in age
1: of innocence? That's not a good way of choosing this. It's part um, of the criteria. I have it. Let's see here. It's it's Starts at page eight thirty nine. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, and it goes. I'm doing the quick math in my head. I think it's under three hundred pages. Okay, let me double. Mine check. is three hundred twenty nine. My little paperback. Uh
0: oh. I don't know. I I want to do how I, I want to say House of Mirth. Okay.
1: It's not too big. I mean, it's not too big a deal. Me. No, 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 no. We it's can not, read. We, we. That that sounds like we're not. Fast readers, would you read fast? <laughs> well, 300 is not
0: bad. Sounds like we're just 300 in a month
1: is doable. Okay, I'm gonna do so another thing here. Um, Goodreads, The Age of Innocence has a star rating of 3.96. And I can hear some people go, That's so dumb. Why are you doing that? Hey. I was about to say that. You can't trust Goodreads. Oh, The House of Mirth has 3.95. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty close. That's incredible. Yeah. Huh? Well, I don't know. Um, it could go either way. I don't really. Let's go here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the House of Mirth. So House of Mirth is about Lily Bart. Who I, like is... the name. I like the name Li- Lily Bart. Lily Bart sounds like a cowboy or cowgirl. I kind of okay. Here's a dumb reason for me to choose um The House of Mirth. It's the beginning of this modern library. So it starts on page one. Oh right. And you could just go all the way through. Yeah. That I is. like that too. Like I want
0: to start at the beginning. Yeah. It feels well, so so this is her second novel. And it's about, I guess Lily Bart, she's 29 which is kind of getting older for a society at that time. She's very pretty. Um, She's from an aristocratic family. She has standing, but there's not a lot of money. You know how in some of those rich, they used to be rich. They keep their social standing and can walk in those circles, but they're short on money. So I guess she needs to get married but she's getting up there in age and she's kind of independent and she doesn't necessarily want to, you know, you know, all, like all the problems. And I guess it's like over a two year span, she kind of, we see how the society works and her reasons for not getting married and, you know, all sorts of subtle satire and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Age of Innocence going from the Scorsese movie is about, there's the Daniel Day-Lewis and he is engaged to Winona Ryder And that's kind of the expected marriage. That's the good marriage that everybody wants and he thinks he wants and all that. And then Michelle Pfeiffer shows up and she is an independent woman, especially for the time. And she's interesting. She's cultured. She's been around the world and Daniel Day Lewis finds himself attracted to her. And it's kind of about how the morals and mores of the time, keep them apart. It's like an unrequited romance okay They're attracted to each other but it really can't kind of like
1: doesn't quite pan
0: out so it's just it's similar types of
1: i was i was gonna do something i was gonna say let's do house of mirth and then also do red in the black red in the black 600 pages matt
0: Nah, is it
1: <laughs> i just looked it up
0: my paperback copy is 500 okay it's just 500 let's do house of mirth you'll do house of mirth
1: yeah Do we want to do any extra credit? Because sometimes we add a book like we did with The Catcher in the Rye. We've done it. um, What else have we done? We've done it a couple of times. where we've added a book to our monthly Yeah. Any of our
0: selections?
1: I would say Ivanhoe is kind of long. How's of merch? Joseph Andrews, that's short. Yeah. We'll
0: do... I don't know. I like...
1: Or you just want to do one? I don't know. Bouvard and Pouchet is a little over 300.
0: Oh, bah, 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 bah,
1: bah. Come on, Matt. Make a choice. I don't know. Uh, I kind of want to do Red and the Black also, but... That could be a seasonal, though. Pretty long. You have to redo it. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? We can do whatever we want. We're picking two. We're doing House of Mirth and we're doing the red and the black. And the red and the black may extend into October. And guess what? Right we sometimes miss deadlines.
0: That's okay. Let's, do, we'll that. Love let's it. do that. We'll do House House of Mirth is official September. We'll have that ready to go early October. And then we'll also be red and the
1: black. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Perfect. The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. A big name that I don't know if – I think a lot of people have read her, but hey, we're being open and honest. Both of us haven't read her. No, I'm uh, excited to read her. I'm, 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 I'm actually very excited too. And then we're also reading The Red and the Black by Stendhal, yeah. a bigger French novel from the 1830s. Yeah. Um, we have a time constraint on that. We have to read it before we hit the shadow line of 40. So th- that episode might come out in a couple of years. I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to start. It's the important thing. I like it. I
0: like it. And we're gonna have so much psychologically brain knowledge after reading these two. It's gonna be crazy. We're gonna be so erudite. We're gonna be able to navigate the world better. You know, we're gonna be able to perceive other people's motivations and act on that knowledge through, you know, an understanding of upper crust New York of 1905 and France after the Bourbon Restoration.
1: I'm excited. Me too. You know who else is excited? Al Gore. uh, Because
0: I'm
1: going to email him. See if he'll read these books with us.
0: It's like, hey, you want to join the club? Have you ever read? Because I guess he probably doesn't have a lot to do.
1: He's probably on the internet a lot. You know? He invented it. (laughs) True. (laughs) That's
0: a dumb joke. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. He lost. He lost that election.
1: Okay. Okay. Al Gore. It's too much free. I don't know if it's publicity or he doesn't need yeah
0: we're giving him to publicity too he, much, too he much. owes us he owes us for bringing him
1: up so what else can you expect from us we have Royal Flash coming up yeah. that is our August book that we will shortly be recording might take a little while I'm going on a vacation so uh, mm-hmm. that will kind of affect our schedule but hopefully not too bad um, we also have Lonesome Dove, which I'm making a plunge into. Very enjoyable. That was our seasonal read. You can take it with you. I'm going to take it with me. I like it. I like, I like, I, you know, when you're reading a book and you just kind of like, all the characters, even like the, like the, they're just, they're just fun to read about. They're just, uh, just
0: good. It's just a good cast of characters, you know? Yeah. It's the type of book you can just kind of sink into. Yeah. I like I mean, it. You might be done with it by the time you get back. Okay. I'm, I'm making headway. It's, I'm liking it a lot too. It's, I see why. It's a very enjoyable
1: book. Yeah. I see why everybody likes it. It's, yeah. it's strong characters. Like, like mm-hmm. yeah, very good book. So we're going to be uh, talking about that hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. You got some good stuff coming up. Got some good books coming up. So, um, we're also on all the social media, of course: Twitter, Instagram. We have an email account, uh, Goodreads. What else do we have? We have all sorts. We have a Patreon account. Patreon. We we
0: we should have an episode up on Patreon relatively soon. About football. Our football episode. Yes. All sorts of bets. We'll just let off steam about our teams. Yeah. Make all sorts of. I think either silly bets or literary bets.
1: We'll get the terms down. We'll get it done. Uh, one a time, bad. a little history, I lost a bet to Matt when our two teams played, and when we were working at the bookstore and I had to shave a mustache into my face. And I got, I met, uh, some comments were made about it.
0: Most people would say grow a mustache, but he already had a beard. I had so a beard. Shaved it. down to a mustache. And he looked a little ridiculous.
1: It's pretty bad. It's pretty funny. Hey, come. On, yeah. Anyway. So, so, yeah. So on that note, thanks well, for Well. Okay.
0: No. It's all right. Well, give me
1: give me something. Well, I had a last little bit of wisdom.
0: I was give trying to some. think, you know, cuz we, we talked about a buildings Ramon, yep, John Freud and the Germans, you know, having having a term uh, one word for kind of a concept or a term. And I'm thinking there needs to be a term for Yes, I know everybody has a podcast, but this one's actually pretty good. Mm. So you can recommend this podcast to your friends.
1: I like it. If you're German, email us. Or whatever. It doesn't have to be German, but you know. I prefer it if it's German.
0: German, Arabic. There we go. Farsi, whatever. So let us know. Thanks for listening.